Next Chapter Podcasts. This is Kiki Anderson with a public service announcement. Listen, some of you are moving through the world casually, hating your weed pen, or maybe you're microdosing shrooms, or falling through a K-hole, or maybe you got a little extra cash and you decided to spend $500 on a white shaman out in Joshua Tree to take you on a 48-hour ayahuasca trip. And you're thinking to yourself, why? Because I'm a party monster. And I'm here to tell you, you ain't no party monster, okay? You are not the epitome of party. You've never traveled across the globe to take a research chemical you only read about on the dark web, okay? You've never done that. But you know who did do that? Dominic Milton Trot. That was our guest last week on Indecent. He's a seasoned psychonaut. He's been ripped to the tits. He's tried nearly 200 drugs and written about them all in his book. So we decided we had to share a little more. Here is bonus content from Dominic Milton Trot. What about like the drugs that everyone's scared of? Uh, you know, you, you grow up in high school and they tell you, don't ever touch heroin, don't ever touch meth. Did you try those drugs? Are they as scary as, yeah. as we all believe them to be? Well, they're not scary once you've had them. Uh, <laughs> once you've taken, taken some of, you know, you've taken the dose because, you know, of course, heroin, I was, I was, uh, I was frightened because I had read all the same stuff that you have and I was worried that, you know, I have this once and you're addicted. Now, I know that's a lie because everything you hear from the mainstream media about drugs is basically a lie. Mm. Uh, so I knew that wasn't true, but obviously this inside somewhere, there's this one, what if it is true? Um, so, uh, you know, what, but once you're under the influence, the fear goes away immediately. And same with crystal meth and, and, and all the others. Uh, but yeah, there was, there was a, a bit of fear going into some of the experiences and that, uh, it tended to be, you know, hardly surprisingly really good experiences, mm. enjoyable. Heroin wasn't because I had way too much for a, <laughs> someone with no, um, with, with no tolerance at all. Um, I had far too much, and I was I vomited, which apparently is a sign of good quality heroin. But oh, you know, wow. <laughs> too, and I put that was the sort of thing you learn, and I can record in the book. I didn't know that. I just thought vomiting, what's going on? Vomiting, terrible, feel dizzy. Uh, so it started off quite nice heroin. Felt relaxed, and like a, a, a blanket, comfort blanket. But then it went quite horrible. Uh, another hangover the next day. So uh, it wasn't the best of experiences, but it wasn't, well, I didn't feel like having it again, let's say that. Crystal meth, on the other hand, uh, was a wonderful experience, as you probably expect. Right. But the problem is, I knew it would be, and I set it up so that there was a maximum dose I could actually take. When I redosed, I couldn't go beyond, beyond 100 milligrams. Uh, I bought more than that and I threw the rest away because I knew or I've been told and I believed it that once I started having this stuff, I wouldn't be able to stop. Mm. And that's exactly what I found to be the case. If I'd have had a gram of it, I would have just carried on taking it because it was so wonderful. But, and this is the key thing, it, it takes away more than it gives. So the next day and subsequent days, I was really depressed and empty and sort of realising that had it continued or continued the day after, the come down and the depression would have been deeper and longer and longer and longer. And this is how people run into trouble. Uh, so, yeah, fantastic experience, but not worth it.
Uh, and certainly not worth it if you can't discipline yourself mm-hmm. uh, and, and stop the supply. You know, I, I got hold of this stuff and I made sure I can't get this, I can't get any more of this. Mm-hmm. And I will throw away the rest of it. I'll just have this dose because I need a lid on this. And that's what I did. So I had the experience. I suffered the consequences, but the risk of uh, addiction was was uh, mitigated because of the technique and method I've used to try it. And, and I did that a few times with a few different drugs. I just made sure that, you know, when my judgment went, which it sometimes did, I wasn't in a position to do anything crazy stupid. But, I mean, you said earlier you were like, oh, there's a lot of myths around uh, drug use, mm. especially like, you know, like like in America you hear not even once, you know? And you're saying, uh, well, I tried all of them once, but I, I yeah. knew that I might want to do it twice or three times or four times or five times. So, so I mean, how true is that? Like, if you're somebody who is susceptible to addiction, like, what do you think about that? I've never felt that I've needed a drug. I've never felt that I really desperately wanting to go back and take them again. I have gone back and taken them again for pleasure. Um, but I've always made sure that, you know, I've, I've learned something as I've gone along and I've always put safeguards in place uh, and I've always felt that I'm not going to get addicted and, and I haven't. So I think it's over-egged this, uh, by, by the media, uh, the drugs is bad thing that, you know, you have a drug once, you're going to be addicted. It's, it's generally just a lie, uh, one of many lies that uh, unfortunately are, are passed on as truths by, by the TV and, and the press. But, I mean, addiction is real. Yeah, and uh, the biggest addictor probably not to mankind is alcohol. Um, so, you know, you could have all these questions about, are you addicted if you have it once? Well, you could be with alcohol. It's exactly the same. That's one of the most toxic addictive drugs there is. And mm-hmm. um, I, I think one of the things I may, I'm, I'm sometimes challenged by people who say, oh, it's, do you not think that this book is a menu for people who want to try drugs? Um, and the, the two answers, the first answer is not really because, you know, people who want to try drugs are going to try drugs. And if they buy this book or get it for free on the internet somehow, uh, in the PDF, then they're not going to, you know, they're at least going to try the drugs with a, with some knowledge to mitigate the risks to themselves and keep themselves safe. The other answer is, if it is a menu, then if they didn't have the menu, if they don't have the menu, well, what drug is it that they're likely to be attracted to and to use? Well, it's actually alcohol, one of the strongest drugs. Mm-hmm. So if I if they're offered a menu of drugs, say 20 drugs or 182 drugs, and they pick one out of it that isn't alcohol to use, then the likelihood is that they're going to do themselves less damage. They're less prone to addiction. Uh, and the drug that they'll be using at random from, from the rest is going to be less toxic. Uh, so in the society we live in, uh, I would argue that a menu of legal drugs is better than uh, leading people towards alcohol right. or nicotine. Okay, so you're saying... I'm just providing the information. Addiction is real, but I'm here to provide yeah. you information because inevitably people do try drugs. Yeah, yeah, they, they do try drugs and the information will will hopefully help them not become addicted and hopefully help them not overdose and hopefully help them to understand what mental space they're going to be in when they're under the influence of the drug and whether they're going to be safe 
the decision making is going to be sound or how much it's impaired, uh, how long is it going to last, all the information they need to, to stay safer is there for each drug. Uh, and that's the whole point of it. Um, and in terms of the drugs covered, you know, I've got two kids and, and I'd, if, if the kids were going to take a drug and they include alcohol in it, I'd rather they picked one at random from the book than, than, than actually started to indulge heavily with alcohol. That's interesting because um, one of my questions here that I was going to ask you is if you have kids and if you would let your kids try any of these drugs from the book. Uh, well, I can't stop them. Uh, they're, they're adults, but, um, you know, the, the world is real. And, you know, if I look, I take each drug on its own merits. Uh, you know, I, I recognize each drug as a, as a risk. Uh, and the, the higher risk drugs, are, I prefer them not to have. But that includes alcohol. Uh, so if you're going to take a drug, then, you know, take one of the others and there's a lot there to choose from. What do your kids think about uh, your book? Um, yeah. Well, I, th I think generally they think it's a bit weird. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, really. Um, you think, I mean, I think, I think the daughter thinks it's, it's cool. I don't think his son thinks it's particularly <laughs> cool, but uh, you know, it's it's it, it's not as though it particularly made a big difference to them when I was do, writing this because I didn't make a habit of being completely out of my tree when anybody was around. Mm -hmm. So if the kids were around, you know, I wouldn't do the experiment, and I, I did a lot of the experiments away from the house for for that reason. Uh, so. Um, I don't think that the impression is, is at all negative. Uh, and I think uh, the daughter's uh, impression is probably quite positive because she uh, seems to have thought about, well, what's it for and what impact is it having? And uh, I think without doubt, it's having a positive impact. Cool. Probably that one. The last thing I want to do when I'm crossing the multiverse is sit down and write about it. How, how what's that experience like? Like, you are doing these drugs for a purpose. What's it like to like crawl to your computer and write down? I mean, do your notes even make sense later? Sometimes. I mean, usually it's not. I mean, as a, most of these drugs are sedating or the euphoric or the stimulating. And you're in, you know, you, 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 you function on it. So I can write, oh, yeah, I'm high. Da, 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 da. And then elaborate the language a little bit more later on. Uh, thinking, oh yeah, what well, I should have used the words and improve it. Some of the drugs you can't you can't actually document whilst you're in the middle of the experience. I always try to, you know, this is what it's like after 20 minutes. This is what it's like. I the vast majority you can do that. Uh, quite a number you you can't do that. That was one of them, uh, and I just had to write it up as soon as I was in the state to to be able to write uh, something sensible again. Um, you know, it was sometimes, I mean, ayahuasca was another one in, in, in the Amazon. Um, I couldn't actually write anything whilst I was having these, these, these visions. Uh, but straight after I could obviously try and record, lose your sense of time sometimes, to be honest, but record what it was like as a sort of general experience rather than a minute by minute or hour by, by hour log. Uh, so sometimes some some were very difficult to do, but I could at least actually write write it in the sort of past tense in that case, rather than the present tense, which most of them are recorded in.
What about like your your physical chemical makeup? Are you worried about the long term effects some of these drugs are going to have on you? Uh, no, I've, I've spoken to doctors occasionally. You know, I've just met in, in on travels, and, I've, I've, and the conversations I've had it's generally revolved around. Well, if I was say the guys across the road who drink heavily every Friday night, Saturday maybe drink every night. Some of them um, uh, to relax. Uh, over say ten or fifteen year period, or or me who had a a different drug every two weeks for ten fifteen years, most of them uh, non toxic. Uh, whose body would you actually take for your own if you had to choose? And the invariable chose mine. So in terms of relativity, yeah, probably if I had none, I'd be healthier than I am. But in terms of relativity and relative to the normal guy who drinks every weekend. I think I'm I'm healthier and fitter than, than that guy. <laughs> uh, that's generally just what I, I find. Uh, so I don't think there's been any long-term, I mean, I don't know this, this is how I feel, long-term uh, negative impacts on my physiology. At the very least, you're happier. <laughs> Yeah, I think I am in a better place than I would have been. So with all the misinformation about drugs out there, like that you were talking about earlier, um, what are some other dangerous trends around like modern day drug use that you see? I think it, it is. It tends to be adulteration and contamination, uh, which is a byproduct of the war on drugs. Um, if drugs were legal, this wouldn't happen. Uh, so that's that's a serious threat. Um, I think the purpose I wrote the book is lack of education. You know, the war on drugs is not letting up. Censorship is rife, uh, including on the internet. You don't believe how difficult it is to actually uh, take part of the book and freely distribute it and part in, on the internet, on social media, when I see a conversation uh, that urgently requires input, you know, I've been to receipts, you know, and I can, you know, it's not a cop who's saying this to you, it's a guy who's taken 102 drugs, including Datura. Uh, here's what I found, and it's not something you really want to be doing. Now, I get banned. I get censored. I've had accounts closed, Instagram account closed, um, and, and I'm not promoting or encouraging people to take drugs. I'm trying to educate them to to stop them or protect mm-hmm. them from themselves. So there is that. There's this there's lack of knowledge. There's the contamination. There's the lack of knowledge, um, and that's generally the trends uh, that I've found in recent years. Uh, and they're not getting any better uh, because the war on drugs is not abating. Who who's perpetuating this information and why? Well, originally it stemmed from. Um, the Republican Party in the United States, I'm afraid. Um, uh, Richard Nixon and the launch of the war on drugs, which were politically, and this isn't, this isn't contentious mm. or debatable, this is fact. Uh, it was launched as a way of infiltrating and arresting the, the leaders of the hippie movement, the anti-war left, and black people with cannabis at a bore of, uh, of discriminating against black people. Um, and it's his uh, chief of staff who who uh, revealed this. It's it's widely known. It's covered across the entire spectrum of the US. Maybe not the the, the right, but the CNN, and, and it's there to be found. 
uh, and, and obviously the US uh, pressured the rest of the world and created this, this, this war on drugs, which is a war of terror, in fact. Uh, it's oppression, persecution uh, of people who choose to perturb their own minds, their sovereign property, uh, are basically being terrorised by states and governments for doing that. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it sounds extreme, but in my opinion, calling it a war of terror is actually accurate because that's what it technically is. As always, subscribe, rate, and review Indecent with Kiki Anderson wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the show at Indecent Kiki on Instagram. Follow me at It's Kiki Anderson. Email the show at IndecentThePod at gmail.com. And come back next week for more Indecent, where NSFW meets LMAO. Mwah. Ever heard of stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of stoicism with a lowercase s and not stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it. Next Chapter Podcasts.